Welcome to the Blockdown Podcast, brought to you by EOK Digital, the number one blockchain PR and communications agency. Every week, we're sharing pearls of wisdom about the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency. Don't forget to subscribe and review our podcast so we can bring you even more great content. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. So, Anthony, really excited to be talking to you. Um, it, maybe do you just want to talk a little bit about what Nexo is doing, kind of what you guys are up to right now? Sure. Um, glad to be here as well. That was quite an intro. Um, yes. <laughs> truly humbled by it. I'm sure you feel <laughs> the same way. Uh, well, what Nexo is doing, I hope that the majority of the crypto space is aware by now, is we provide um, banking services to the blockchain space and we are quickly growing even beyond that. So as any lender would have it, our bread and butter are uh, is the lending business. Um, we provide crypto-backed loans where you have a bunch of crypto assets. You believe that they're ultimately going much higher. So you can tap into our um, very efficient, in many aspects, instant crypto credit lines where you borrow against your crypto rather than sell it, which is great because you retain the upside potential. There are all sorts of tax aspects that optimize the experience for you in just about any aspect. And then uh, because we're growing so fast and have been growing so fast for the past two years, we have uh, to develop means of sustainably financing ourselves. And this is largely accomplished by our second product, which is the earn product, which gives you the opportunity to earn up to 10% on a variety of different assets that vary from fiat currencies to digital uh, assets. And it's been a hell of a ride. We are uh, experiencing double digit percentage uh, growth rates month on month. And just truly, truly exciting to be part of this uh, financial revolution. Nothing short of that. Okay. Um, so where are you seeing a lot of that growth? I mean, double digits every month is, is pretty impressive. So where are the countries that you're seeing it? What are the age groups? Can you talk about your audience? Sure. One of the great things of the crypto lending space is that it's a great proxy to feel the pulse of the industry and the market. Uh, when people ask us, where, where are your clients based? And the simple answer is, everywhere just like bitcoin is everywhere doesn't have an office doesn't have headquarters so do our customers they're truly everywhere apart from the from the uh you know blacklisted countries and restricted of fact restricted countries we have clients from every corner of the world every age group we have like from uh, you know young adults all the way to you know boomers who for some reason have chosen to put assets in um, in digital in digital form and to conduct business with us. So the demographics, it's really, really diverse and we cover it all. Uh, you know, uh, right now we're seeing a great influx uh, in both the retail part and the institutional uh, side of things, you know, because uh, institutional um for institutions crypto got a huge endorsement by paul tudor jones 
when you have the guy who put the word hedge in hedge funds, endorse Bitcoin and say they have an allocation of a few percents uh, of their total assets under management in Bitcoin, that gives them the additional boost of um, traditional institutions to come into the space. So we have quite heavily been onboarding with uh, institutionals that up to very recently would not have dared to articulate their liking of Bitcoin. And now with this endorsement of Paul Tudor Jones, um, you know, the, 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 the timeline has shifted gears and it's expanding very rapidly, but also the retail, the retail we see new clients coming in through, uh, to the space, much like what would be happening in uh, the traditional financial sectors, like you know, with, uh, with Robinhood, where you see even 10 and 12-year-old childs uh, playing around with stocks. I saw this tweet the other day where a parent was complaining, rather the child was complaining to, uh, to the player and uh, to the parent and the pa parent was sharing it that, you know, the child couldn't play Fortnite anymore during trading hours because all of their peers are trading on the platform. Now, this is quite excessive what's happening over there on the Robinhood platform. So we see the retail side, well, not, not necessarily childs coming into blockchains uh, for, for, for various reasons. We don't allow that. But, you know, we, we see all of that, this, uh, this, this energy uh, coming in and proliferating into blockchain space minus the front running we don't do front running we don't sell your data to hedge funds to profit off what should be a free service okay um so how do you work to provide products and services that are of good quality um you know there, i think there are a lot of products out there and so how do you make sure that it's really top-notch right well this has largely also to do with our background, like the, the, the core team that founded Nexo, we have collectively been in the fintech space even before the term fintech um, was coined. There's other companies that we have uh, founded and successfully navigated through the murky waters of uh, financial uh, innovation. So we have been around for more than 13 years now so this is exactly what we have been doing facilitating credit online and a lot of players coming into the space and they think oh it's really simple you know you just get money from one party uh and then lend it on to another one at a higher interest rate so what could possibly go wrong well a whole <laughs> a whole set of things could possibly go wrong and it's not so easy if you want to have a smooth seamless fully automated experience as you have with Nexo. It's just just about any aspect of our business is fully automated. And this also has to do with the uh, customer culture by now. Everyone wants everything to be instant. You know, That's why blockchain is so great. You can send a million dollars from London to Sydney in a matter of minutes and for a fraction of the cost, it will cost you via a swift uh, transfer, which could be 0.5% of the total value set. And it takes seven days to settle. So we are in the business and have been in the business for quite a while of facilitating automating processes, very, very consumer-centric and user-friendly ones. But I think the, the more important part of your question, uh, how do we make a great product, 
if I think it fundamentally touches upon the idea of building a sustainable business that makes business sense on its own. I am a skeptical person by nature. And if something appears to be too good to be true, it usually is. And if somebody is willing to pay me something and I don't understand how they are going to make the money to actually pay me, I wouldn't be comfortable putting more than a few hundred dollars with them. And we at Nexo have grown the, the confidence in our product and the brand to such a level that we have people with double digit million um, amounts entrusting us with their funds. So it goes back to the sustainability of the model and that it all makes sense. It's a model as old as the world, secured lending. Okay. Um, so what's a product in the space that isn't developed by you, but you wish you'd developed or, or what's something that you think is really interesting? Right. Oh, that's a very good question. Very tough one to answer because uh, like when we see something out there that is good, we try and see how we implement that into our offering. Right now we're working on what we have coined a Nexo 360 uh, degrees offering where we trying to cater every need, any possible need that a person exposed to the blockchain space and seeking exposure to it uh, would like to see, to have it all in one platform. So when we see something great, we trying to figure out ways how to implement that part of the offering. Uh, I've been always fascinated by uh, the crypto exchanges. Um, I think that you have a great number of very decent products, but they there's still room for improvement. They are not necessarily the top-notch uh, quality level of the product that you see in some of the traditional markets. Uh, so this is one thing I wish uh, we had developed earlier, the ability to offer the crypto exchanging side of the business in a very automated, very intuitive, very efficient way to our customers. Needless to say, since we like that, we are working on it. So sooner rather than later, this will be available on the platform. I think the, the, the derivatives market and you join having sort of a background in reporting on derivatives and complex structured products, this has got us pretty excited. We are on hiring spree here for uh, the OTC desk and the, the, that helps facilitate different products because you know the the profile of the client has changed like whereas one and a half years ago you know you had to walk people through what is a crypto backed loan now they have very specific needs and they come to you and they say hey i'm a miner i have this cash flow um calculated uh cash flow or future cash flow in bitcoin how would your offering, apart from the loans, help me optimize my expenses, my costs. How do I manage risk accordingly? Can you offer me some insurance products where I can pay a certain amount of premium and structure my finances uh, better? So we see a whole bunch of different requests that goes in, uh, uh, in that direction. So the clients have very specific needs and we're constantly on the lookout. Uh, to meet those and again most sophisticated it shows you the 
maturity of the play uh, of the space uh, that is coming about and we are constantly on the lookout for but yeah just to answer your uh, question quick and concise the crypto exchanges business is very interesting to me and i wish we had uh, tapped into it earlier still doing that and the structured products derivatives market i think uh, is a very fertile land to be developed in the next months and years to come interesting okay um, so what do you see as key from taking something from, say, a subsidized funded product into something that makes money? Yeah, I mean, like, it's tough because the past 10 years we have been in a perpetual bull market. And then mm -hmm. the, the way businesses go about developing products have been done in a certain way which I think and uh, what I sometimes <laughs> lose sleep over is uh, that it might stop once the presidential election uh, is behind us. Because what we've seen essentially is subsidized products. Yes, great products. You know, everybody loves an Uber, how clean the car is, how cost efficient it is, how quickly uh, the, the driver arrives, you know, all the reasons why we love Uber. Um, the offering of WeWork, yes, incredible, right? Up to a certain point at least. And then like products like Monzo and Revolut, which have developed something that you, you think, why hadn't anyone done it before that? You know, you get the free card, free FX exchanges, you don't lose, don't, don't pay money on anything. And this is all great from a consumer perspective, but you know, um, ultimately there's no such thing as a free lunch. And this only goes well as long as they can keep on getting the cheap liquidity, the VC investments, for them to essentially subsidize uh, the product that they're providing, essentially giving you free money. And how could you possibly not enjoy free money, whether it's in the form of actual free money uh, for you to spend or a product which you would have to spend uh, serious amounts of money to uh, actually obtain. And this has got me worried because now I think that uh, we are closer to the end of the business cycle uh, than to the beginning. And, um, you know, uh, we are in the presidential election year. Obviously, there has been very strong signals that the executive branch would not like uh, the, 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 the equity markets or any mar market really to uh, be anywhere near a correction mode. That has set us on a dangerous path where the executive branch like <laughs> um, tries to influence what's supposed to be impartial uh, policy, uh, uh, money policies through the Fed's mandate. And this is very dangerous because it's unprecedented. And once that cat is out of the bag, you know, there's the genie, you can't put it back in the bottle, so to speak. So really, really dangerous uh, here. And at Nexo, we, we opted for the other way. We have a... Uh, traditional, very, um, very conservative approach of money making where it has to make sense. It has to be very little to non-counterparty risk. That's why we have refused to engage in the uncollateralized business where you have certain providers take in 
Bitcoin and other assets from the general public and then expanding it, extending it to uh, other players, which they claim are credit worthy for uh, whatever reasons they see on an uncollateralized basis, essentially IOUs and it's a game of musical chairs and it goes well until the music stops and or until we have a major fault. And this is something that really has me worried. Okay. Interesting. So since you talked a little bit about the Fed, so um, going on to central bank digital currencies, what do you think of them in general? And do you think they're a threat to the crypto industry? Well, not an immediate threat, that's for sure. I think that uh, a lot of the banks, they are, uh, the central banks, they're just playing around with the concepts. You know, yes, we're looking into this. If you um, if you follow Jay Powell's uh, press conference, I think it was the other day, he was like, he wouldn't give you a straight answer. He's, yes, this has to be looked into and much more research is uh, needed in order to evaluate the pros and cons. And, then, and it ultimately goes back to what I think of a government-led initiatives uh, as a whole, full disclosure and more, on the libertarian side these days. So I do think that the government is not uh, the best uh, market participant and should stay out of these things. Now, obviously with the creation of money, it's somewhat different, but suffice it to say, I don't think we'll see very quickly the Fed moving on that. I think the only viable option for uh, seeing a digitized dollar, which I am ultimately convinced we're going to see five to 10 years from now, is just is going to be due to popular demand. You know, this settlements of SWIFT where it takes you forever to receive a transaction uh, and it is so expensive. And the overall war on cash, which uh, nobody can deny has been happening for quite some while, uh, quite quite a, quite a while now and exacerbated by the covid where nobody even wants to touch um uh, uh you know paper money anymore banknotes this um in addition to the policy of ex of negative interest rates it only works if your money is in the bank account if you have it under your mattress they can charge negative interest rates on that so all this put together i'm pretty confident we're going to see a, a digital dollar at some point it's just that i don't believe it's going to happen that quick uh, the only thing that can speed this up if the united states has to play catch up with I don't know, for instance, China, who have been very vocal of uh, what they're doing and putting the actual work into um, developing uh, the digitized yuan. So uh, I personally thought that uh, the US response would come through Libra. Uh, from the last conference that I watched of Jay Powell, it will appear that he says that private participants and private companies have no job in uh, intervening in the money creation business, which is quite curious given the fact that commercial banks via uh, fractional reserve banking have actually enlarged the money supply for 
quite a few number of years now, but you know the direction they're taking, they're going to develop a digitized dollar. But I think that the only thing that could speed up the, uh, the, the, the timeline here is if we see radical moves from China and uh, the US being forced to play catch up. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so just overall in the regulatory environment, do you see anything changing or progressing globally or in specific countries? Um, and what do you think are the best countries for crypto in terms of regulation? Well, just like crypto isn't confined to a specific, uh, uh, you know, specific country for it to exist. You know, the, the blockchain network is decentralized. I think that companies should go about building businesses the same way. And uh, this has manifested itself in, in so many ways from, you know, home offices and decentralized um, headquarters. We at Nexo, we have people working from just about anywhere. So uh, I think that um, is the, the right way to structure companies. And I am not very optimistic on, you know, regulatory frameworks in the traditional sense of the world where like, you could be, I don't know, in the Bermudas or Switzerland or Malta and just stay out of there and do business globally because your customer base is globally. And there's this uh, very complex notion of how you service that. The way we have tackled that is that we feel that uh, compliance is very important um, for the safety of uh, our entity as such from you know regulatory scrutiny but also for the clients and building trust so we have gone about um, solving this problem in the traditional ways we are on the license acquisition crusade we have a very dedicated very capable team of legal professionals and we acquire the same licenses that any fintech any business in the financial sector world would you know money transmission licenses in the us payment institutions in europe the different licenses that have been developed for crypto exchanges and obviously the um, the credit licenses for the facilitation of credit and it's no secret that we have been working for quite a while on acquiring commercial banking capabilities and I'm uh, pretty excited about the upcoming announcements that I more likely than not we will have the pleasure of uh, conveying to the public. But to answer your question, I don't think that any one country excels uh, at uh, crypto legislation. I think there was a build-up momentum mostly driven because of the ICO boom and bust that we saw and a lot of fraud that was facilitated but now i think the regulator regulators have slowed down apart from the anti-money laundering mechanisms which um, the financial action task force has uh, prescribed that individual countries have uh, now to implement but apart from that i think we've lost momentum and for those companies that want to be serious in the space, they just have to acquire the traditional licenses that any financial institution and any financial uh, company would have to. Okay. 
Um, no, I definitely want to get to this part. So you've been pretty bullish on Bitcoin generally. Um, and, you know, it's hovering. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hovering under 9,500 right now. So are you changing your view? Is it going to take longer than you thought for it to, to start to go up significantly? Or do you still think that there's potential for that this year and say next year? Well, if I only had a crystal ball, I wouldn't be doing anything else but speculating on the markets. But I think that on the fundamental side, Bitcoin is stronger than ever. And this has, again, manifested itself in so many ways, just from a pure uh, action, uh, price action point of view. It has outperformed just about any market. You know, the S&P is down, I think, 10, 10% year to date. Bitcoin is up 30%. Uh, gold is performing very well, but Bitcoin has outperformed even that. I think the fundamentals of this excessive supply of cheap funding at even the slightest hint of market correction, it, it just pours water into, uh, into the case of uh, Bitcoin being there to stay and um, getting momentum on the fundamental side because you have something that is hard-coded and finite. You can change that. You can have POTUS tweeting out that the money supply, uh, the, the, the total number of Bitcoin should be expanded from 21 million. That's all the Bitcoin there's ever going to be to, I don't know, 200 million or whatever. You just can't have that. Bitcoin is this perfect structure which has all the right principles and those once formulated stipulated put into code they remain unchanged of any human intervention yes of course they're building the network but like the, the really important parts of there only being a finite amount and not exceeding that under any circumstances the human decision factor to change that has been taken out to from the equation and in that sense i think this is what has driven so many people both on the retail and the institutional side to it and truth be told is the only is the only free market because you have dollars you have every, everyone has a certain amount of dollars and now you are competing with almost $8 trillion more since mid-March for the same amounts of finite goods. I think that's, that's just no case that this isn't good for both gold, but more importantly, uh, Bitcoin. Okay. So, yes, I'm sticking to my prediction of 50K until the end of the year. Uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate that it is, a, uh, it is a bold statement, but the fundamentals are there and the momentum is shifting there as well. Okay. Uh, are there any other assets, crypto or otherwise, that you're really bullish or bearish about right now? Well, bearish on the dollar. Uh, this is one of the <laughs> messages that uh, we try to get across to as many people um, as possible with this Fed policy of QE eternity, quantitative easing until eternity. Uh, being in dollars is a position as well. This is not the 60s 
in the 70s where you had this, the, the gold standard up to a certain point and you know, you know, I'm, I'm bearish on stocks, so I'm saving cash. You're not saving cash anymore. This represents a position which gets flooded by uh, central banks of the world. So bearish, uh, any fiat currency really, bullish on crypto, predominantly Bitcoin is just um, turning into a maximalist slowly but surely gold and you know truth be told good quality names any any hard asset really and that would include some of the stocks that have strong fundamentals and whatever might come in a a recession-like scenario uh, there will be companies after that you know as they say bulls climb up ladders bear jump out of the window it's quick uh, when it happens, but ultimately it's short run, uh, short lived. Because you know, if you look on a large enough logarithmic scale, you can see that we are in a in a perpetual bull market. So, you know, people shouldn't fear, really uh, fear uh, corrections, but rather see them as opportunities. So, you know, the right timing on, on good stocks could also be a very good play here. Hey, guys, okay. this is absolutely fantastic. First of all, I'd like to say I'm bullish on Nexo. Uh, that's for sure. Joanna <laughs> and Antonio, um, thank you very, very much. That, that was an incredible... Thank you so inc- much. Yeah, incredible way to, to kick things off. Um, right now, we have a, a massive audience uh, that's joining us all over the world, um, and they also have a bunch of questions, um, way too many questions to get through. But if it's okay, Antonio, um, I'd like to go to some of the, the, the questions of our audience. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Shoot. So we have Andreas. Uh, he says, does Nexos, uh, Antonio, believe that they will be able to sustain the high level of interest for customers on Earn? Absolutely. Uh, we have actually expanded the Earn offering up until recently. You could earn uh, interest of 8% on uh on uh, stable coins and fiat currencies as of this week you can also earn with nexo on crypto assets such as litecoin um, ripple xrp eos a bunch of them bitcoin and ETH uh, ether are coming in uh, the next few weeks uh, and we have actually bumped up the 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 percentage the interest rates that you're getting from uh, eight to ten percent, and we do believe that with the uh, the organic growth of Nexus Loan Book, which um, is happening on many fronts, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 Nexus token holders will uh, experience that in a uh, in a certain way uh, very soon. But yes, everything is growing organically. We are offering both. Uh, uh, we are growing the the, 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 the the product itself. So, and this has been due by requests of the community. So I am not worried all at, on the interest side at all. Um, we will see huge influx of clients and we are in a perfect pr- position to just meet their um, requirements in every aspect and continue to run a profitable, sustainable business model. Bang. So there you have it. Uh, incredibly great uh, answer and very encouraging. Um, 
another question. Uh, we have Omar, who has asked uh, uh, 150 questions himself. He's obviously following the project very closely. Uh, we'll get to one of his questions. Will Nexo have a crypto exchange in 2020? Well, I don't want to give a specific time frame, so I'm going to half answer the question and half leave that for another time. Yes, definitely, we're going to have a crypto a crypto exchange capabilities on the Nexo platform. That is for certain. Uh, I am very confident it is going to be within this year probably even sooner, but I want to put a deadline here because we like to keep deadlines and not bound ourselves by them. But definitely this has been a request from the community. And with any, as with any new product, we first try to address those that are recurring and that are in most demand from our clients and customers. Super. It's good to manage expectations and not put yourself under too much pressure. I know that for sure, running my own business as well. Um, the next question, and very re relative to, to growing and building a business, which is an incredibly hard thing to do, um, uh, one question that I really like, in terms of employees, over the last year, how, how, how much have you grown in terms of employees joining, joining your team? Yeah, uh, well, it's almost funny looking back, like when we started Nexo and we said, yeah, we don't think we would ever be more than 20, 24 people tops. Right now we are more than 100 and we continue on hiring. We had to, uh, you know, move offices uh, and uh, this has been great, like this enterprise grows so organically, it's a great team. Shout out to the team, they're doing an incredible job across the board. We are constantly recruiting and this is not just confined to the office space. We have people working from everywhere. We have people that are almost employees of Nexo working, working via uh, third party uh, arrangements. So, you know, the core team is 100 and something uh, right now growing almost daily. Awesome. So you, you'd always need your core business, uh, you know, associates, especially your partners and, and your founders and some of the close members of the team. You're truly distributed, which I think is the, the way, you know, businesses will certainly look like uh, in the future. This is just a question from my, myself. Um, do you ever predict that you may introduce or incorporate like a decentralized autonomous organization structure for Nexo? Well, we are close to that. We have people like, yes, we have people at the office. We have people working from, you know, the past two months working from the confines of their homes, but they could just as well be working out of a Starbucks, you know, from every corner of the world where there's uh, internet connection. And I think that's what the future uh, will look like because, like, you know, we saw Mark Zuckerberg saying that up to 85% of people might not even have to come back uh, at the company headquarters and continue to do work. It is, I think it is a paradigm shift in many aspects and it is about structuring the right processes so that you know who does what, what's the chain of command, what are the verticals and the horizontals and how do you manage and achieve the KPIs. And uh, there's no reason why you should be confined to any particular space or uh, place of doing business. So 
Obviously, it's going to be a, a lengthier process because it has to be managed right, but I definitely see a world where um, decentralized teams uh, and structures take an ever more important uh, role in a company's uh, setup. Thanks for listening to the Blockdown podcast. To connect with us on social media, buy tickets for the next Blockdown event, or find out more about EAK Digital, head to the show notes for further information and links to everything. See you next week.